Thanks for tuning in. You're now listening to the latest podcast from House SF. For more information about House and our heart for the city, please make sure to visit our website at www.housesf.org. And gosh, first and foremost, it's, it is a bit overwhelming just seeing your family here. And all of you, like your faces, we truly have missed everybody. When we stepped into this, this sabbatical, this extended Sabbath of rest, we had no idea what we were doing, to be honest with you. Um, there's actually a, the team here, the amazing leadership team that sat down with us and encouraged us to do this. And that person like, who are you talking about? Who needs a rest? You don't need a rest. What are you talking about? Um, but it was about three weeks in where we finally started to slow down. Go figure, right? Creating memory, going, going, going. Um, and we started to see, boy, we actually probably don't know how to rest very well, do we? Um, you know, you hear the word rest thrown around in church and Sabbath thrown around so often. And a lot of times we just think it's just sitting and vegging and doing nothing, which, like, that's a portion of it. Um, but I feel like God took at least mine, and I would say for pretty much for both of us, our paradigm of what rest looks like and really flipped it upside down. And it wasn't like a one-day revelation aha moment that took place. I was say it was the journey that proceeded after that for us. We, um, we went to Virginia. Some of you might know, some of you may not know. We went to Virginia for about a week and met with a couple that was in their mid-70s who are just on fire for Jesus. And they love spending time with church leaders and pastors who struggle resting. <laughs> so we had a chance to sit with them. And as we sat with them and we prayed throughout the week, I would say it was about Wednesday of the week where all of a sudden something inside of me started to click. And I looked at Anne Marie and I told her, and for the first time, I'm finally having clarity. Like, this might sound weird, but I think being in the city and, you know, hitting the ground running and building church, um, most of you know the story where we started from the apartment, you know, our first, very first apartment. And it's just been nonstop ever since. We've never actually slowed down to take a deep breath or even to check back in with God. Um, I started to see in a lot of ways that as we were doing this, and this is all well-meaning and beautiful in the kingdom, right? And this is absolutely God's desire for the church to come together and to rise up into the beautiful bride and to set an example to welcome people home from city to city to city. But I started to see I got so caught up in that that I felt like that was me being obedient. And that was like, that was my call, that was my mission, and I had to do that because if I wasn't doing that, I wasn't pleasing Father. And this is where it gets interesting. I had this little revelation while I was out there. The sweet couple, let's say Ray and Emily, they said to me, so, How's your relationship with Father? I'm like, God? Well, like, we're good. They're like, yeah, but Father. 
like, okay, well, me and Jesus, we are cool. Like, we love each other, love doing life together. Holy Spirit, we like to roll up our sleeves and we like to see, you know, mm-hmm. love to have fun. Mm-hmm. But Father, uh, that was a tough one for me to answer. Mm-hmm. I really struggled with it. And I realized that although I had this complete theology and this filter that would always kick in anytime anyone would ask me any question like that or I'd think of anything, I could give you every recite, recite every verse and every you know, backing to say why I believe God is my father and why I believe like the songs we sing today that I'm a child of God. But in my heart of hearts, did I really grasp that? I don't know. In fact, I wouldn't say I don't know. I don't think I did. And being a pastor, it might sound weird hearing a pastor say that, but we can get caught up in doing ministry so well. We get so good at doing church. In fact, we get so good in doing church that we tell Father and God himself, like, it's okay, you just hang out at the door. We got this from here. We're good. We got it all. We, my wife and I, we're, you know, we're trained. We've got the call of God on our lives. We're fine, God. Just watch and see. We're doing this for you. In that week in Virginia, in Chesapeake Bay, where there is nothing. <laughs> I had so many moments to sit, and that's when I just felt God show up in such a profound way where he was so disarming because he was so gentle. And he started to tell me, you know I'm proud of you regardless of what you achieve and what you accomplish. I was proud of you before you said yes to go to San Francisco. All the other stuff is amazing. All the people that call house home and all the people that come to this church, all the people like in this building alone that have had encounters with the living God. That's phenomenal. But that doesn't change how I look at you. So it really started to hit me and you know for both of us kind of yeah. in the same ways. Um, as a very as is life changing. And I was just reminded when Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened. Father said, This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Y'all realize that his ministry didn't start yet, right? If that isn't the biggest glaring message of the Father's heart in the Bible, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. Him saying, I, son, daughter, I am pleased with you before you even do. Before you even say yes. I'm pleased. I love you. With that saying, we a little further in the week we went on and um, for the first time in our marriage in seven years we started to ask a lot of difficult questions. We're like, okay, God, well, what does that even look like then for us? What does life look like? What 
We've never even checked in. We know we said yes when we were in Australia and we came back to San Francisco and you called us to build a family that's passionate about you and you called us to do that. But what, is, what does that look like now? Was that an all-life thing? Was it a seasonal thing? What, is it, what does it even look like? And I want to be really just upfront and just transparent with all of you. We hadn't asked God that because we felt, without a doubt in our minds, like, that's absolutely the case. It's, we're here forever. San Francisco is always going to be it. That's MLBL because God spoke. But then when we really checked in, we're like, this is actually really uncomfortable because I started to put everything in San Francisco, everything in this church. I couldn't think outside of this. And the thought of that scared me because Craig, Pastor Craig, your friend Craig, your brother Craig, my identity started to become so wrapped up in what we're doing that I lost sight of even being a son. I didn't even know how to be a son anymore. In these moments where we had clarity and we had these times to go on walks together and, and hear from God and just in, a, in such a beautiful, unobstructed way, we started to be able to dream. It sounds well, we hadn't been able to dream for a long time. And in those dreams, God made it very clear to us and there was a lot of sleepless nights, there was a lot of tears, there was a lot of heartache, there was a lot of wrestling with God. But he made it very clear, and this is why we sit here in front of you all today, um, he made it very clear that our season in San Francisco is coming to an end. And for Anne-Marie and I, we will be moving in mid-April um, to Reading. We're going to move closer to family to welcome our son into the world. And our last Sunday as pastors, this church, it's going to be March 24th. So, sorry, I got out of my, I did so well. <laughs> um, but our, our last Sunday will be March 24th, and Christian and Missionary Alliance are affiliation has been so amazing and supportive. They've chosen not to fill Amory in my positions as lead pastors. So what they're going to, actually it sounds harsh, but they're going to allow just the business side, the legal side of house to dissolve. Um, now, the family, the movement that I see in front of me, the movement Literally, I thought about this when I woke up this morning. The dreams I've had of a movement, the words God said about a movement, I really believe that I'm seeing it right in front of me. All of your faces are part of this. It's the movement of God. It's the movement of the kingdom here on earth. Heaven on earth. And I have pregnant brain too. <laughs> Um, by association. Um, so, the, yeah, the family side, 
Emery and I want to, like, and we feel like God's saying, oh, gosh. I'm all over the place. Bear with me. I love y'all. One thing he told me when I really was just on my knees and weeping and, like, really struggling with all of this was, what about the dream? What about this dream? He simply said, son, don't you trust me? Don't you think your dream is safe in my hands? Because that's actually my dream. I gave it to you. His dream is to see this city come to know his love. His, his dream is to see sons and daughters come home, but sons and daughters rise up and understand who they are and what's available to them to stand in the face of fear and to tell fear you have no place in front of me. That I have the call of God on my life and that God has called you to magnificent things, to beautiful things. He's written every single one of you into his love story here on earth. And it doesn't end in this building. What this family looks like after March 24th, um, it's really in the hearts and hands of the family and in God's hands, which I'm forever grateful for. Um, Making this decision for us uh, wasn't a big portion of it was because we saw that we actually put ministry at the forefront ever since we've been married to the detriment at times of our family. Not that our marriage was ever failing, but God doesn't intend for that to take place. So we feel called in this next season. Um, I'm not taking a job anywhere. I'm going to stay at home with our baby boy, Noah. I'm going to raise him to know Jesus to know the Father so intimately and to love him in my best way express the Father's love to him and Emery is going to continue on she works remotely as a lot of you know in tech and so she's going to continue to do that while we live in Reading um And that's what we know. There's some that we know, there's actually a whole lot that we don't know. Do I know what our future looks like? No. Do I know if we'll be back in San Francisco? I don't. I wish I had an answer. I just don't. Will we be pastoring again? I don't even know that. But what I do know this passion for the church, for all of you, for the global church, has never gone away. Will never go away. And we absolutely feel called to the move of God here on earth. And so that's one thing. Putting our family first, we know that that is not going to be compromised. It's actually honoring God and stepping out. And what we get to do in this beautiful way in this next season for us is we actually just get to be family. We get to be a son and a daughter and continue to walk in the healing that God has already begun in us through Virginia this time off and 
I want to say a big thank you to all of you because without your sacrifice, without your faithfulness, oh my gosh, everybody here that serves week in, week out, that faithfully gives and builds into this church, we would have never been able to take this time away and hear from God this clearly if it wasn't for you. So thank you. Um, kind of technicalities, small groups are going to continue as they've been. Those aren't going to let off. The YWAM hot chocolate um, ministry, that's going to continue. That's still happening. Yes.
it's contagious and it's only going to grow. So um, I hope that encourages you and, and, um, and we just love to celebrate over the next few Sundays together. Let's continue to worship. Let's continue to share the stories and um, yeah, let's, let's just give God the glory, okay, for what he's built over the last few years. It's really just our heart. I love it. And when I think legacy and what, like this is a chapter of all of our lives together. Yeah. And um, what legacies are built upon our moments and stories. I think about when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River and they put those stones there. It wasn't just for them, right? Yeah. It was for generations to come. So the moments we have together stories we have together, those are going to continue on. Where Sunday services might cease, family continues. And that's what's going to continue on. Um, another kind of technicality, um, what a lot of you might notice on our website in the giving section, we've actually closed that down. We are so grateful that we've always been a generous family. But obviously when church dissolves the legal side, where would that, where's that all gonna go? And in a day and age where a lot of things aren't finished well and people just kind of shut things off and move on, we wanna be just so open with everybody. And what we're actually going to do is Christian Missionary Alliance for accountability purposes has always been keeping tabs on our finances and been there for us as a church. They're actually going to assume responsibility of um, distributing all the funds of church. They're going to, what we want to do is that as a church family, before they assume control of that, we want to meet some tangible needs in this church family. Um, we'd like to do something for the community as well, of San Francisco. And then after that, the really cool thing is that We've sown in to the kingdom every time we give generously, right? We sow into what God is doing on, on the earth. And so as a family, it's really cool that even as the legal side is going to dissolve, we get to pour into what God is doing. So a lot of the finance is going to go into what we call the Great Commission Fund. This is based on Matthew 28. Jesus is going to all nations making disciples, right? And um, what this does is what makes Christian and Missionary Alliance unique from a lot of other affiliations is that all of our missionaries are fully supported by our churches. No missionary has to go out and raise their own support and worry about that because we want them to be taken care of when they go out to the mission field and to go serve unreached people groups and to build schools and to help build farms and build well, so a lot of that's going to go to support our missionaries. It's also going to go to Canva Services, which is Compassion and Mercy Associates, which again meets the tangible needs where there is disaster on earth, where there is need on the earth. Canva steps in, and they're the hands and feet of Jesus. So what better way than us as a family as another offering together as that comes to a closure that that's going to be blessing them and in those, those channels. I know that, oh, I know there's going to be a lot of questions, like we said, a lot of as we process um, 
We're going to be here to answer those throughout the next month. We really hope that everyone would prayerfully consider being present with us and really, like today in worship, I hope if we, and with enough time, we can worship again. Kind of get kind of the guys are up to it. Um, but in our remaining moments, all in one place on this side of eternity, as a family, we want to go after God like never before. We want to go out, not with a bang, we want to go out with a fragrant offering. And we want to see people stepping into their identity as sons and daughters. We want to see people stepping into freedom and finishing well, but being able to step into the next season of life, whatever God has. So church, we love you. If I could, I would love to pray and maybe we could bring the, the worship team on up. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, let's go ahead and pray together. Father, I thank you that you're here. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And you are in this place. Father, thank you for your love, for your people. Thank you, Father, that you don't bless one person at the expense of the other. That as hard as this is, this decision, and as hard as this is for all of us, because this is something we're a part of, that you are still in control. And that remains, you are still faithful, you are still good, and everyone's best days are ahead. I constantly have been thinking about Ephesians 3.20. That's the God that you are. You're a God of more than enough exceedingly abundantly. That is the Father's love. And we thank you so much, Father. So we thank you, Father, for everything you've done in our lives, whether it's been the past weeks, months, years, Father. We thank you so much for what you've done. We look ahead and we say thank you for what is going to take place. That this may be ending the chapter, but there is another chapter that comes after this. That the story is not over. So, Father, we thank you. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd be with us, Father, and just allow people to really tangibly feel your presence and comfort and peace as these emotions come, as the processing comes. Father, we commit the moments and the memories to you and everything that's going to take place in this next month. Thank you that you are the head of house. This is your house. These are your kiddos. And you're so proud of them and you love them so dearly. And I just want to say thank you, Father, for allowing Anne Marie and I to be a part of this family and what you've been doing here in San Francisco. We thank you, Father, and we love you and we commit this all to you. We ask that this worship 
listening to the House SF podcast. We pray that you're encouraged today by this message. If you'd like to partner with and support our ministry, please visit us at www.housesf.org.